I, I see Tommy's on. Oh, yeah. Whoa, he's right on time. There he is. Hi. <laughs> What's up? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, man. How you guys doing? I like the shirt, the green. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> this is the <laughs> 94. Wow, it's in good condition. Very nice. Yeah, it yeah. stinks. <laughs> Why? You don't do it's, laundry or it's, Well, it's old shirt. You know old shirt smell? Like after yeah. like, it's got that. Like the 27-year old shirt smell. But, Depends you know. the generation you're from. If if you're a baby boomer, it smells like mothballs. And then no. yes. if you're from the 60s, it'll smell like patchouli. <laughs> right. I don't know what this... It's just that smell. Is it like the cedar drawer smell? Like it's just, it's just shirt smell. Shorts, yeah. Yeah, like after... This is 27 years old, so like it has that 27-year-old concert t-shirt smell. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So how are your shirts these days? <laughs> <laughs> I've had to move to a larger size due to the pandemic. So. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Except for Tim, we all have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to shut this this uh, closet. I mean, it looks like a terrible backdrop. So. <laughs> did you did you see our backdrops? <laughs> I like the prong. Yeah, the prong. It's like a looks like better than our stage backdrops these days. Oh. It's just the size of the clubs we've been playing. Tim, you're hired. Yeah, <laughs> the AV guy. Now. Yeah, right. I can hang HDTVs on the wall. Thank you very much. <laughs> very good. Very cool. Where are you guys from, by the way? Oh. Just... yeah, yeah. So um, we all grew up in the right outside DC area. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. We DC saw you. Rooms, we yeah. saw Prong at the Bayou and a bunch of times, and um, yeah, probably Hammerjacks. Uh, what was that, that equestrian the equestrian center we saw him with the uh, white zombie? Remember oh that? yeah, oh, the yeah. Prince George's Equestrian Center. Yes. I don't remember that gig. I thought it was at the DC Space, or was it the DC uh, Space? Yeah. No, it was some place. Yeah, there was a weird center. place. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, I got. I remember that gig. That was a bigger gig. Yeah, yeah when it was they bigger. got popular. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah. I think we would, um, we would do shows with them, um, like uh, just local shits, like you know, go down to. Uh, the 9:30, and we we started doing shows outside of New York with them. So, yeah, before yeah. they was, got huge, right. it was um, it was Valentine's Day that year. Was it 94? It was, it was freezing. 94. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was freezing. February. It was yeah. So yeah, we were those so idiots that waited out at, after the show and, and waited for you to come out. And we would we would, <laughs> we would meet you afterwards. That's stupid and, of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you came out though, and we got to meet yeah. you. So. <laughs> yeah. So we're so now I live in Winchester, Virginia, which is like 30 miles outside of DC, and. Uh, Keith is still in Fairfax, yeah. Virginia, which is about a 20-minute drive to D.C. And yeah. Tim is um, in West Virginia. And yeah, Joe Morgantown, in, West Virginia. Ooh, Joe is in who's, in, who's in, in West Virginia? I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. an intriguing state. That's like <laughs> very That's, interesting place. Yeah. it's. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Yeah, let's leave it there. <laughs> And Joe is in yeah. Hamilton, Virginia, which is just, it's a suburb of, of like, well. It's a suburb of Fairfax. <laughs> no, <laughs> sort of, it's pretty much, yeah. It is. Yeah. So. And you're in L.A. now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is terrible. But... Uh, is it? <laughs> I've been well, to L.A. and I agree. I didn't like it. <laughs> I used to like it. I mean, it, 
first I hated it for a while, then I got used to it. And then um, uh, I've liked it until the pandemic and all this nonsense that's going on. So yeah. it's been yeah. bad since then. Because, I mean, this place is completely shut down still. And it's mm -hmm. got the worst COVID than anywhere else. So it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Nothing's been open for eight months. And they're still, now they're, they're trying to have this law where you can't travel outside the radius of your house for two miles. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to enforce it, but talk it's about like lockdown. It's, Jesus, it's nothing opened. That's crazy. It's really bad. You can't go anywhere, so yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. on to better things. <laughs> All right. Well, let me kick off this intro here real quick, and then we'll get rolling into the show. Hold on to your butts. All right, there to our immediate left, we have uh, all the folks gathering for the uh, annual Saxon concert. We've got people who really are into the occult and into Satan. They're propagating Satan, and I think it's a devastating thing on our culture. It calms me down. What's your favorite total metal video? Here's the funny part about metal. It's getting old. But you know what? Embrace it. I want to be that grandfather in the backseat of the car. Could you turn on my station, please? Such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. And we're gonna be at the Wilson Theater tonight with Slayer. You're gonna be there too, right? Oh! Uh. All righty. Well, welcome to Somewhere in Time podcast, everybody. Uh, well, welcome to 2021. Welcome to a new year, which means we've got new albums to talk about well new old albums to talk about albums yeah. from from the year 1991 uh before we get going here let me mention somewhere in time podcast.com is where you find us online get to our facebook twitter instagram youtube all that good stuff so go there somewhere in time podcast.com and find all of our shit um so once again i'm eric we've got tim here hello we got joe here great job eric i'm not cracking up Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I cracked up. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Keith is here. Hey. And we're really, really excited to welcome this next guest. Um, we're going to be talking about the album Prove You Wrong by Prong on this episode. And uh, we've welcomed the person who's mainly responsible for that album, uh, singer and guitar player from Prong, Mr. Tommy Victor. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry, Tim, Joe, Keith, <laughs> Knievel. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Evil Knievel. I think we should call him that from now on. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I, guess you, I guess you've heard that one before. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. A few times. That's oh, like a piece of shit. Our, our last like, name is Ford. We've yeah. never gotten shit for that at all. Right? Last time I got yeah. tires, the guy went, your last name is Ford? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you drive a Subaru? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, real funny. You do drive, you drive a Subaru? I have a Subaru and I have a Ford. <laughs> He does have a Ford. <laughs> I told him that. I was like, I have a Mustang also. He, he was not impressed. He's like, but you have a Subaru. I'm like, yeah, okay. I do. I just bought a new car recently, and I was telling these guys before, uh, I live in LA now, and uh, before the pandemic, and I have a new car for six months, and I got like 30 miles. Like, <laughs> yeah. Brand new. I don't can't, I can't even drive it. There's nowhere to go. I go to the, the supermarket, which is down the block, and that's all I've used it for. It's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. 
Is it a Subaru? It's a Kia. It's not oh, a, it's a Ford nor Oh, hey, I've got a Kia as That's well. what Joe drives. Which one you got? A Soul. Kia Soul. Okay, that's that's a good for that's good bang for your buck. It really. But I'll tell is. you, I got something about it. We got this new Seltos. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> oh, it's it is unbelievably yeah. cool. Yeah, it's the awesome. best little SUV. It is so badass. Anyway, I'm not working for Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working for my own band. Um, yeah, yeah, no worries. I do want to say, guys, I feel bad for you with that last names that people give you shit about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never hear any of that. Jay Bond. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every Bond, day. Is, that's a good name, man. Thanks. Four yeah. Bond. <laughs> and then that guy. <laughs> and that other motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. I didn't know that, that was a thing. It it oh. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> All right, well, so we're we're talking about Prove You Wrong. Um, yeah. Let's play a little bit of this album. Um, we'll play this song. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. I can't play all of it, but I can yeah, turn it down a little bit. Yeah. We can we, we can have talk Spotify these days. Anybody can continue from that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So the band at the time was obviously Tommy Victor, lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and lead guitar. Troy Gregory on bass and Ted Parsons on drums. Uh, and this was the first album to feature Troy Gregory. And the only first one. And the only, yes, yeah, sorry, first and only, that's correct. Formerly yeah. of Flotsam and Jetsam. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to my first question. So when did he come along? Like where in the process of, because I know this album was pretty quickly after uh, Beck Differ. So he must have come in pretty soon after that. Uh, I always regret this. It was a painful decision to part ways with our original bass player, Mike Kirkland, Mm -hmm. who pretty much we formed the band. I formed the band with him. And um, he was a lot older than us. I mean, we were like, Ted and I were very young, and then Mike was older, and um, we he just we were on a tour with Pantera, and then with Flotsam, and he just was not digging like the whole road thing, and uh, it wasn't really working out that great. So we met Troy on the road with Flotsam, and we agreed on all our musical tastes were really similar. Like, we loved, like, Killing Joe, and... Um, you know, a lot of like it's more like Celtic Frost, and we had a lot of the agreement. And we figured that he was going to be really good, like he was younger, and you know, we bring a, a better stage show into the band. So, right, he came right aboard. He made the decision while we we're on the road with Flotsam that uh, he was going to uh, play with Prong, and we were going to bring him aboard and get rid of Mike. So, mm. uh, I kind of regret that decision in a lot of ways, yeah, because uh, I mean, I'm not going to get right into it right now, it's like. I'm not that crazy about the bass playing on Prove You Wrong, and um, I don't like the sound. I think it's sloppy, and hmm. uh, Troy wound up. I love Troy. We're still really good friends. I see him when I go to Detroit, but it's like, you know, he became like a, like he, he got into drugs and was just like hmm. crazy maniac, yeah. and then, uh, you know, so it was almost a blessing when he finally quit because he, he felt that it was like it was too much my band, 
And then he, gotcha. he didn't last long in the group. But, uh, you know, Mike was Mike. We should have never really got rid of him. And uh, I feel bad about that to this day. Yeah. Well, Troy also had I mean, he's got writing credits on the album. Did he have? Yeah, did he, he did. A, he contributed. To, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of good ideas on the record. And mm-hmm. I, you know, he he was a great partner to work on songs with, et cetera. All the other stuff seemed it was just the the opposite of what we thought we thought he was going to be like a solid performer and a solid bass player and like we weren't really worried about his input with create creatively and it just wound up being the other way like he had a lot of ideas and um you know that uh you know a lot of them we kicked out we didn't use but uh he was a good songwriter and uh not not a consistent performer and uh you know band member yeah well, you mentioned the production, and this this album was produced by Mark Dotson, which uh, he also produced Beg the Differ, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, which he did a way better job on than on Who's Wrong. Yeah, it sounds a lot different. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I revisited it because of doing the the podcast and for, you know in in uh, for pre- preparation for this and um, yeah, all the feelings that I felt back then after bring, I remember bringing it back home in Brooklyn and listening to it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> and I was like, I, 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 we had this, we recorded this studio that we didn't even check out our, we had a brand new A&R guy and he sent it to this place and the control room was like the size of Madison square garden. It's like, I had no idea what was going on in the mixes. I was like, I can't hear anything. They're like, uh. with Dotson, he was just like, I was like, this sounds like shit. And he's like, oh, it's good. It's fine. He just wanted to get the hell out of there. And I uh, finally huh. took it home. It wasn't like the, we, we were kids. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. It was like, you know, we didn't think about, oh, maybe we should take this someplace and listen to it before we approve the mixes. And, you know, like we didn't go through that route and we yeah. didn't have the time and the money neither. It was like, and um, by the time I was like, this sucks, Mark Dodson was on a plane going back to England and like, uh, that was it. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. I, I never was confident about it. And I, I listened to it again and I even hear more shit that I'm like, whoa, dude, like it could have been so much better. It's like, uh, well, I can't the, believe the stuff that he did on this thing. If mm. the if the production was better, would you have liked the album? Because the songs, I mean, look, yeah. to yeah. me, the this, is, this is probably my second favorite prog album. Um, I think the song. I think there's a lot of great ideas on it, and I think there's some really strong songs. And um, I feel like there's a couple of duds on there too. Hmm. But um, it, it's just I, I've worked with better producers now as I more later on in my career. Yeah, and you know I've been involved with other records. You know a lot of records, and now I look back and I can't believe how much he dropped the ball on this thing. Where you know there's just a lot of details that weren't paid attention to that needed to be and they when you have a lot of fucking things that are wrong on a record and they start building up it's like whoa man the whole thing starts getting weird and i think it it comes across like with with people's response and critics etc to that record and um Mm. you know uh, it's just even dime but when dime first heard it dime back he was like, dude, what's going on with the guitar sound, man? I like, dude, I don't want to hear it. He's like, thank you for stabbing me in the heart. It's like, oh. I live with the pain of the guitar sound on that wow. record forever. Yeah. You know, and, you know, like, that's just like, yeah, this guy's an older English guy, and he was, 
you know, he worked on priest records and blah, blah, blah. And like, he was like, you know, he, he really, you know, I, I had a, a transistor head that like I wanted to use, which eventually I wound up using with cleansing. I use a transistor head like dime was using. Okay. And, uh, he was like, this is crap, absolute garbage. And he's like, you have to use a Marshall, you know, a Plexi, and that's all there is. And uh, I was like, it sounds like shit, dude. And it's like, and he's like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And like that's like that was the whole session. It was pretty oh, much that. It was like, I'm an idiot and I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And you know, yeah, like uh, he was this this British dude that was played worked with Glenn Johns, and I heard it fucking forever, you know. I've always wondered that. Like, is it you walk into a studio and do they say like, well, here's what you're going to be using. And this is how I get my sounds. Or is it like, we're going to try to get the, I mean, like the stuff that Terry date does sounds fucking awesome. And you can always tell it's a Terry date album. And I don't know, you know why, why is that? Because he pays attention to the details. Like, like uh, nowadays you have, it's different. This is when we recorded with tape and it's like, yeah, nowadays yeah. Yeah. people have pro tools, you know, it's, it's uh Records are done for nothing in people's bedrooms. You guys know all about that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't be there. You had to play back in those days. You had to play everything and you had to make sure that the, the, the whole performance of a song was good, mm. like by the band before, you know, it, it had to be a good performance, you know, like, you know, that's what you, you, you did many, you did 20, 30, 40 takes of a song before it was right, you know? Right. Yeah. But he didn't do it. He was like, like, it, it's like, as I look back, it was sort of like, oh, that's fine. Let's, you know, let, let, I couldn't, he was like, I can't wait to get out the fuck out of here and go to the huh. bar kind of vibe, you know? Huh. So, and then, but as far as Terry paid attention to details, like, it's like, this is a snare sound. I, I don't care if it spent two days working on that sound. I'm going to make sure that it's right before you guys do the whole song yeah. and get it. It's like you do, you do a whole song and the take is fantastic. And you're like, man, that sounded great. And it's like, Oh shit. One of the mics is not working, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I mean. Shoddy engineering was that sloppiness was like, and I hear it on the record. I'm like, dude, what, you know, like it sounds like the bottom snare mic was, was not on for that song. And like, Hmm. he the gate was wrong with he yeah didn't, the, the threshold on the gate was not right when he mixed the thing and like what's up with the bass compression on this song and like all stuff like that i'm like what the fuck is this engineering shit that's like basic stuff that would never happen with terry day record it'd be like everything is dialed in precisely before you even drop a note you know and then we would spend you know like two days on a guitar sound is it perfect Yes, it's perfect. And it's like, then we would do overdubs, you know? And yeah. then if you have, you, you feel good when those basic tracks are there and then you can experiment. But it was like that, it, you know, the, the problem with that studio that we went to was a problem too with that too. Because Mark was great on Break the Differ. I and mean, that record is awesome. And, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, like we had a really good time and the band was well rehearsed and we just bashed it out and it was, yeah. you know, it was just sort of the opposite on prove you wrong. Though the songs were good. Like we, like I said, the band, yep. you know, was tight. It's just like, even some of the bass, I, I'm pretty happy with the guitar performances. Although I went like, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of soloing and I was starting to go to that route away from solos into mm -hmm. more noise parts, et cetera. And I started that with that. Right. That's what I said, you know, and we wanted to, we wanted to be more alternative metal and more punkier a little bit. 
and like you know like beg to differ was more of a i thought a thrash metal record right and um yeah. you know but um you know the bass on it is sloppy as hell i mean like i i just listened to it now and i'm like it's just all over the place <laughs> ted was fantastic on that record it's probably one of ted parson's best he was performances awesome. yeah he's absolutely out of control on top of the yeah. game on that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Did he well, do more? I mean, was he focusing on double bass more then? Because I mean, Irrelevant Thoughts has a full-on double bass attack at the end, and I hadn't heard that from Prong up until that point. You know, when that album came yeah, out. Yeah, we. Yeah, no, he he. Like uh, I, we we. It was funny you mentioned that because we always had a single kit, and um, I don't even know if ba- double bass pedals were a thing back then yet. I don't even know if they I, were invented. I think, I think they were. Yeah. I think they yeah. Were. Yeah. Uh, so, but he was always a single kick guy. Yeah. And then when we got our check of money to go buy gear to go in and record <laughs> Back to Differ, he says, I'm going double bass. It's going to be cooler. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. So then he started fucking around with it, yeah. like from Back to Differ on. And then, you know, obviously cleansing is all stripped down. It's like yeah. there's a little bass, uh, double bass on a couple of things, but not that much. Yeah. Well, that's, the, the, the double pedal doesn't look as cool as a two. It doesn't. No. no I mean, especially for a trio back then, it was like we needed the double kick, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, now I waver back and forth, you know? It's, we could play a little bit of that really end of that song. You just mentioned Relevant Thoughts. So let's, yeah. let's fast forward to the end of that song. Yeah. yeah. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah. God, I love that song. That is fucking so powerful. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that that noise you're making, Tommy? Is that is that like your thoughts on the album's production now? <laughs> 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 it's just it's just like a lot of moments on that record is 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 a poor uh jazz coleman from killing joke impersonation okay. <laughs> that's, that's what it is so it later on and like by the time the our the zero days came out i finally was able to do that that scream of his but somewhat but yeah yeah, I love that. That's like the one of the best opening tracks. I love that song. The yeah, song. It's so good. So good. It could have been, I mean, I, I like it too. It just could have been heavier and better. And uh, it just, uh, you know, to the treatment on the vocals. I mean, it's cool there. But um, again, I mean, after working on the records, it's like, like there's some lines, some things during the whole record that are like jumbled. And, you know, mm-hmm. producers, engineers these days, they you know, they know how to push up certain lines and, you know, manipulate it. It's just obvious that he was just mailing in the mix in a lot of ways on the record where just, oh, that's fine. I'm going to put compression on the whole track. And, you know, if it doesn't pop at that point, who gives a fuck kind of attitude. <laughs> it's like, instead of instead of like sitting there and, and really making sure every part of your vocal comes up or making sure the performance was good. Right. Like, I don't I mean, we're paying a guy back then these guys made good money yeah. and it's like you know for three weeks worth of work he probably made like you know 25 grand and it's like you know like be meticulous about shit you know yeah. i listen to back like oh well okay that sounds cool and like the next verse it's like um what's going <laughs> on with the vocal on that you know yeah. like, well you mentioned he was um you know sound like he just wanted to get out of there was was there any pressure because i'm sure coming off of 
beg to differ. That was probably your most successful album at that point, I'm sure, right? Because of all the Headbangers Ball, oh, yeah. and your songs. and things. So was there pressure from the record label or anybody like that saying, you really need to get a new album out there as quickly as possible? I've heard that from other artists where they're like, no, the record company just wants you to get in there and produce material as quickly as you can. Was there any of that going on? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't sort of like... Um like I, I was read a, like one of these Black Sabbath biographies recently, and you know, uh, uh, and then uh, they it wasn't like that, but okay, like they, we most of the songs were written like on the road, and like when I got home for a couple of weeks, it was it was kind of it was a little bit rushed okay. as far as the material, but that has nothing to do with the actual. I mean, we were rehearsed, we we rehearsed the songs and. You know, um, there was a lot of changes at the label at that point, too. The, our, the guy that signed us, Bob Feinangle, got fired and we inherited. This is totally true. This guy, uh, Frankie LaRocca, um, the late Frankie LaRocca. And uh, he had rejected when we were getting trying to get record deals earlier on. Uh, he passed us on at Atlantic. And it was just like, well, now he's our A&R guy. And he was sort of sort of like. You know, I don't know what he was whispering to Dotson, but he was mm. not like a huge prong fan, this guy. Yeah. So that sucked yeah. at first. Yeah. But uh, he, his head turned totally changed around because cleansing was such, so successful that, you know, like, uh, you know, he woke up then and then he sort of got involved in, in Rude Awakening and he sort of like talked too much on that and that fucked that record up but that's another story for another yeah. time but yeah. um yeah frankie we'll, we'll have you back to talk about that one right yeah, <laughs> frankie frankie uh, was the one who wanted us to go to this cajun studios it's called cajun i doubt it's still there it's in philly okay. and um it was just uh it was it was a horrible place to do a record and um, you know yeah. you hear that about like never say die like you know with sabbath like they went to the studio and they're freezing their asses off and like they were up in Canada and like how, you know, like, like that record to me sounds awful. And like, <laughs> it's sort of like almost the same thing, you know, but, um, yeah, has a lot to do with it. The vibe was just shit. It was terrible. Yeah. Gotcha. And we were just eating cheese steaks and just all <laughs> fat. <and laughs> Lots of grease. So yeah. where do you stand on? I know. I, I think a lot of musicians frown on this, but, I know I can speak for me and, and Tim and, um, and Eric that we like when bands sometimes uh, redo their albums with, with new production and new musicians sometimes if, if mm -hmm. they have to. Like Testament, their redos and the, and the Anthrax redos. I mean, I, I love those albums. So yeah. is there has there ever been any thought what of... What Anthrax record did they redo? Well, they didn't redo one, but they did well, some... Well, they did some stuff called, with John Bush that was... Yeah, when they yeah. re-recorded some of the older stuff. Oh, Great, okay. The greater of two evils. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, they took old Joey Belladonna songs and and re-recorded them with John Bush on vocals and put Which, them out as a. Some would say it's blasphemy, but we thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, we love John Bush's I mean, ones, I love, so we're like, I, yeah, I love the originals too, but I love the new ones. I, I, I just like hearing the songs again. I think. Yeah, yeah so. I agree. Yeah, the problem with that, I mean, how many John Bush were going back a ways? Like, I know, and like, that's still at a time when uh, when people were selling records and mm -hmm. you know to put out a re-release and it was maybe financially viable at right. that time now it's like okay for <laughs> yeah. what you know <laughs> right, like, yeah. right you make no money <laughs> you're gonna yeah. lose money if you do that yeah yeah, yeah exactly just yeah. For, 
just for the three of us, at least. No, I mean, re-record the, I mean, that record would be cool. I mean, it would be, I don't know which, like Ted and I were talking about something, uh, but I don't know. Ted had some health problems and he lives in Norway, hmm. but uh, we were, I would have, I would love, and Troy is Troy. I mean, Troy is, is out there, but, I, I would have loved to do a, like a, a reunion tour for that record for Prove You Wrong. Oh, that'd be it's awesome. Just that yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how financially we make it work. You know, like yeah, flying yeah. people in and you know these days it's just you know, well now everything's well, shut. Right exactly, now, you can't, you can't do it now. Anyway. Yeah. 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 It so. would have been. It would have been cool. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah, I would love. Everyone, they're all alive. You know, at least they're alive. You know. So. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Troy, really quickly, I, I listened to some of his his solo stuff, and I texted <laughs> texted you guys. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I kept listening to it, and I'm like, and don't I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but I was like, I this is the most awful thing I've ever heard, and at the same time, I freaking love it. Like, it's just so different. Like, it, it took me so many listens to get into to let it sink in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which one? I mean, he's got like the uh, witches and me, like. Let me see if I can pull it up here. My, I, I try listening to, uh, you know. Yeah. It was just so, <laughs> it was so out there. I'm terrible. I can't stand ever. Most shit I just don't like. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm while Joe's looking for that, I, you mentioned that there's, you know, the sound of the drums. I noticed immediately when you start playing Positively Blind, the snare sounds different immediately. Yeah. Like it's a different snare. Oh, you were Ted with his piccolo snare back then. That was like, oh yeah, that yeah. Was? okay. Yeah, I, yeah, that's. I was like, oh Jesus. <laughs> Ted was like, trying that to... snare sound right there is just like, yeah, it's a piccolo. Yeah. So did he? I guess he was using different snare drums then on the yeah, album. Yeah, probably on that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, um, it's an interesting choice. I mean, I don't know. I, I always prefer the piccolo snare to. I do I just, not. I like how bright it is. I mean, it's just. Well, Ted was always had an affinity for dub music. He still worked with that and like reggae and dub music, and you know that's yeah. one of his loves. And you know, like it's just that well, yeah, seems sure. to be part of this trip. You know, uh, not my cup of tea. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. well, it works in like reggae and stuff like it's that. Like yeah. the three eleven, it's fine, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. Not no. really the deal. Didn't Sid in Overkill prefer that as well? He had a yeah. very high snare. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know if it was piccolo, but it was, it was high. Yeah. yeah, he did. It's kind of unfortunate to hear you your stories about this, Tommy, because we we all I think we all that, love this album. This and was there, the album that got me oh, yeah. like this and, is the first prong album I ever heard. And there was no internet then, so we just bought the album and played it. And for us, like I think we have this kind of nostalgic approach to it because we put it on, loved it, and didn't really think much of like the artist's dislike of it. It was just like we just love this album. We can't I, hear the I, mistakes. It's like, a, it's a, I just like you know it's the sequencing too I have a problem with a little bit. I'm glad you guys like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's different. I mean, compared to what Prime was always trying to be different, and we I yeah, think we definitely. succeeded with that. Yes. Yeah. So like, Bank the Different was way different than, you know, what with the countless thrash bands were putting out. At that oh point. yeah, it stood yeah. out big time. Yeah. Yeah, and then like this one is sort of in that mode, but it's just not heavy enough for me. It's like <laughs> it needed to be, but it could have been fucking like 
that's what's frustrating to me. I mean, yeah. I think that we were on the right track. There's a couple of real dud songs on there that could have been like out. Uh, <laughs> and then like some of the vocals could have been more in your face, fucking crisp right there. The guitar yeah. sound could have been like in your face more bass down, not so trebly. It sounds like Fieldy from Corn or something. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of distortion <laughs> in that bass. <laughs> it's like, I love the core, like, the bass, the guitar is the bass, and the yeah. bass is like the guitar. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, really. It's like, bing, 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 bing. And the yeah. guitar is like, but we were coming from like the 80s where every album you bought, the, the production was going to be a crapshoot. You know, you didn't know what you were going to get. So Yeah, there you go. In a lot of ways, we just would look past it and just look at the yeah, songs. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, especially the whole Tampa bands and all that. Some of the thrash yeah. metal, like the death metal records are like, huh? Yeah, you know? but yeah. You didn't, it didn't matter because you're just like, I like these songs. I guess you're right. And production guess... is kind of, it's just, it's okay. You know, it's like, it's okay. Oh, it, you know, it it's fine. better than a lot of Yeah, them. it's kind of... <laughs> It's oh, kind yeah. of reverby and muddy, but it, the songs are good enough to where we were like, it's fine. Uh, it's, you know, we, there's well, enough I mean, albums I, that I, sound weird. I, I mean, I just think it's, the mix is dainty and like this. Some of the, <laughs> I mean, if there I was mean, one word to describe prong, it would not be dainty. <laughs> no, dainty's not the word. <laughs> it's relevant. No, but I always have that in my head. It's like time coming up. Like, I forget what he's like. Man, that would leave an impact on me for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I get that. What's going on I, in the now, <laughs> man? <laughs> Eric would have quit guitar. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and they had just done Cowboys sure. from Hell, which yeah. sounds awesome. So, yeah, right. Well, you know, Terry Date. Yeah. yeah, Terry Date. So, like, fuck you, Dime. <laughs> well, I got say, it's, hey, look, it's, it's a, it's aggressive guitars in your face is a necessity. Like, to be, like, you know, pompous and like, you know, I'm not going to put the guitars so loud on this record. Right. <laughs> yeah, this just for the sake of it, just to make a statement that uh, whatever yeah. it's just retarded. And he, <laughs> yeah. he, he also produced sound of white noise the year before. He had a lot of great shit. Yeah. I know. Why does he get, why does prong always get burned? Son of a bitch. I got to say when, um, the, at the end of unconditional, I, I don't know if it was on the, this tour or the next tour where you started, the ending you yes slow that riff down oh i love like, that like half that, time or like, even less <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah, but, I, I, no we yeah. had a couple of good like they, then we did that unconditional live the, it's always been one of the best songs live when we started doing that like art cruise like you know who's now in lamb of god when we had him and he just knew what he had he knew how to fucking approach that song with like to get people just, it was just crushing, you know? Mm -hmm. and even Alexi was before him. Like, you know, we uh, we were one of the live versions. We played Rock Hard Festival a couple of years ago, and it um, we allowed them to record it, and they used it, that unconditional on their uh, anniversary issue CD that just came out not too long ago. So that was kind of an honor. Like, you know, to, to, out of all the, so many bands that have played the Rock Hard Festival for them to, like, you know, use a, a prong track, you that's know, cool. it was, yeah. it was really cool. But then it was unconditional, so that's been a great track. And it, you know, we put out a live bootleg record called "Unleashed in the West." I have that. And that, that yeah, that's on there too. And yeah, that's a cool one. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Yes. <laughs> and your autograph is in this one. <laughs> nice. There's your nice, autograph. Tim, yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Oh, do you super, remember that? Super dork, <laughs> dude. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I'm glad you pointed out that whole slow thing. That yeah, really, man. if we would have done that with Dotson, he would have been like, "Let's fucking bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> Why would you slow something down? <laughs> That's on Spotify, Eric. If you want, not the not the Unleashed thing, but there's an they album called it "Down." Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's an album called "100 Live." That has. That is all. I mean, that was a weird period for Prong. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does have the unconditional um, version on it. It's slowed down if you want to. That we did it on that one. I don't <laughs> refuse to listen to that record. <laughs> you did do it because I was trying <laughs> to find it. <laughs> I was like, I got to find that ending of unconditional somewhere. And I wanted a good recording or good ish. We had a, and, a uh, good sounding bootleg. Can I say that? Because. That's where I first heard it. Yeah, Tommy's gonna be pissed because you bootlegged. Yeah, I'm sure he's. Well, there was no live. There was like, no live man yet. What were we gonna do? It's not like we didn't go to their shows. I mean, <laughs> we paid for the ticket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just we weren't selling the shit. For a while, wound up like getting hired by somebody else. Like was more popular, so that was like a problem. You know, we had like like Blasco briefly and. You know, like all these guys, a lot like art now. You know, he's been stolen. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's been actually well, Troy wound up in Killing Joke on one tour, and they kicked him out. <laughs> really? What's what's like? Ted wound. Ted got Ted did a tour with Killing Joke too, and he got fired. So. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah. Huh. Real quick, I wanted to mention I, the the Troy albums. One, I think I think you pronounce it, Javiera. And then the other one was Snack Pack Juice Box. That was the really bizarre one, I think. Did this ring a bell? I no. <laughs> so much of, I a, mean, there. It's just weird, man. He's a real artist. Like he 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 does yeah. stuff just to do it. And I got to hand him, and he's he's very talented and smart guy. His like lyrics were really good, etc. You know, it's uh, it's like um, it, it's. I should check it out if I don't have the patience for it. Really, but, you know. <laughs> well, I, want like, to, if, I don't know if you've it. met him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he can't. I actually on my birthday when we're on tour with AF with Agnostic Front, we were playing Detroit. Um, I think it's Smalls was the place there in Detroit, and oh, then yeah. he came by and we hung out all day. And I, I got like a year of Troy in one day with him. <laughs> I mean, he just does not shut up. He's just, and it's all, he's like, and then like, you know, like Stigma and Marette Geraja were like backstage and like backstage is this back room thing. And Troy's like, oh God, you remember what that was? And he's talking, I'm like, I, I had to go to Roger. I go, Roger, is, is he driving you crazy? Like, just let me know. I'll take him. And he's like. And Roger's like the nicest guy in the world. Like he does, he talks to everybody, this lead singer from, from Agnostic Front. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> could you just, maybe you could give me like a five minute break. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was like, Troy, come outside. Let's like, let's, let's hang outside. Let's, like, let's go get some meat. You know, I was like, you're driving everyone fucking, I didn't tell you you're driving everyone crazy, but he just goes, man. Like, I don't know how we dealt with him on the road. He was like, unbelievable. <laughs> But his memory is unbelievable. He remembers this shit like that. I don't even fucking remember. Like, I was wasted all the time back in those days. Anyhow, so that's yeah. an album. So. <laughs> right. Well, he contributed vocals on the album, too. Like, he sings all of... Yeah, Hell Get a Girl, Grip right? and Hell If I Could. And he did, yeah. you know, the the, the, uh, the answer yeah. on uh, Prove You mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we were trying to get him in the band. It's like, you know, another guy in there, but he was just... Yeah. He, he's... He was. He brought him into New York City 
you know, like living there and, and like with all the drugs and the fucking chicks and the craziness, it was a bad move, man. Like yeah. he just ate it all up and he was just, you know, fucking, yeah. he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It ate him, it ate him alive. And he'll say the same thing. He's like, dude, it really, that, I, that was bad. You know? yeah. Was he an Arizona guy? Is no, that... he's from Detroit. He's from oh, Detroit. Yeah, you said that. Okay. I forget the whole story. He went to MIT and um, like he, he auditioned for Metallica and he was one of the finalists. Oh, wow. But they took Newstead and that's how Flotsam found out about him. Oh, okay. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, you mentioned Preview Wrong. I think the song Preview Wrong, up to that point, that was one of the most different prong songs I had heard for sure. Like the opening riff is unlike anything I'd heard from Prong. Before. It sounds like Celebration Day. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I think, I, I yeah re- I think I'm it. sorry. I read that. I read that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I have a certain like batch of influences, and yeah. like, um, like I, you know, I don't know if you knew know this, but like during my whole childhood and teenage years, I did not play guitar. Like I okay. picked up guitar. I was a bass player in bands and prong is, yeah, I guess I'm just, ble- I mean, within a year, like all my bag of trip tricks, like learned just off the cuff. So, I mean, I always loved Zeppelin three. I thought it was like a spooky record. And, yeah. Um, like I was, you know, like, I don't know. That was just so ingrained in me. And that's why I was like, you know, and Ted was a huge Zeppelin head, like massive. So we were really into Zeppelin. We sort of like that record, even listening back is like, as far as guitar parts, it's like a mixture of like Swans, Killing Joke, you know, the Stranglers, Zeppelin, and then Metallica, you know, like, yeah. it was yeah. sort of like an anthrax. So sort of like all thrown in this mixed bag, that record. Well, let me play so, a little uh, bit of this. Zeppelin uh, is definitely always a huge thing, you know? Yeah, I'll play a little bit of this. I can play both. I actually have both pulled <laughs> Celebration Day. <laughs> The live version that we did on the uh, on the Unleashed in the West is way better than this, I think. Personally. Yeah. Well, here's here's Celebration Day. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Kind of goes in a different direction than here. Yeah. Well, yeah, a, yeah. Little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It's yeah. A, yeah. Changes a bit. I'm afraid it's just a, a slightly better guitar sound on so on the Zeppelin <laughs> record, and a slightly better guitar player than. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I have to tell you a story. You guys ever like do review Zeppelin records? You ever talk about? We that? actually talked Zeppelin three yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. We did yeah. Zeppelin three last Which year. One, because we, we don't do just thirty and three, thirty years, but yeah, we did, we did we, 30, 40, 50. Yeah, we did. Because yeah. we were doing uh, was seventy one, I guess, or seventy, nineteen seventy. Yeah, last year we were doing nineteen ninety albums, but then we switched. We ran out of nineteen ninety albums, so we did <laughs> 80, eighty and seventy, and, 70. and so we did Zeppelin three. Yeah. So. Yeah. Badass. That's a bit of a coincidence, isn't it? it yes, is. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't that long ago either. It was, it was yeah, a few months ago. Three months ago. Yeah, yeah something, something like that. that. Well, I have to tell you a real quick story about about Prove You Wrong. Um, <laughs> one of my fondest memories of of a live show. First of all, the live show that we saw on that tour was 
it was you guys, Clutch, and Drown. And I think that's, oh, nice. I, that yeah. was our introduction to Drown, I think, too, right? There? It was. We didn't, we didn't know who they were, and then we left that show. I got there late. I missed them. Oh, we, they were we, so bought, good. we bought the album immediately because we're like, what yeah. the fuck was that? That was awesome. We're buying that. <laughs> but I got, yeah, and Clutch, of course, they're kind of oh, hometown heroes Clutch, for us, yeah, but they're Clutch amazing. Clutch. Right. Yeah. Um, but I got to the, like, right to the front for you guys. And you started playing this at the time, or shortly then before, I was in a band and we covered the song Prove You Wrong. So I knew those lyrics, and Paul Raven sticks the mic in the crowd, and it gets right to me, <laughs> and I'm doing the answer part. So you're singing, you know, so I'm singing Troy, Troy's parts, basically, throughout the whole thing. And Paul just had them, he, Paul just like stepped away, like Paul Raven puts the mic in the crowd, looks at me, he's like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and weren't you, Joe, weren't you in the bathroom? Yeah. And then you're like, was... you're like... That sounds like Eric. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is Eric. <laughs> so thank you for That's that. That was, that was one of my fondest memories from any live show. That was fantastic. <laughs> where, where did we play? The, where, where that was the Bayou. Venue? The Bayou. Yeah. The, the Bayou. Well, oh, the Bayou. Bayou. In Georgetown. Right? Love that. that yeah. We venue. went to so many shows there because it was just basically just down the road from us. Yeah. And okay. It was, yeah, and it was so easy to get into. It was so easy to park, and it was such and a good setup. And yeah. we just loved perfect it, so. size venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I missed that place. It was very cool. Now it's a parking Those are the lot. days. Yeah. Yeah. So many shows there. Gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> so many. Yeah. What um, is it there now? What's there? A parking a park- lot. Uh, it's a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> a parking garage. Parking lot. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did a Google Earth on it one time, and I was like. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's a road. And it's it's a been garage. gone for a long. It's been. It's been. Yeah, it's. It's. Yeah. yeah, it was bulldozed quite some time ago. Yeah, yeah. interesting. It sucks. Yeah. I don't know. They did. Uh, uh, there was a special. I forget who did it. Uh, they did a documentary on the Bayou. Oh, really? talking about the, yeah, uh, I saw it. I saw it last year. That's about yeah, all I'll I can say about that. But uh, <laughs> well, I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely watch that. Well, yeah. <laughs> how many how many evenings have we? Spent you might be on it. <laughs> yeah, you could be on it. Tim, Tim probably is for sure. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> stay like multiple times a week. <laughs> oh yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so That's what we did back then. I mean, it was always something going on, and you know, people went out and they went to shows, and yeah, was... we go out on school nights. Almost. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it didn't matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> we uh, couldn't I drink, so it wasn't a big deal. You know, right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that was actually a really good tour, and. uh yeah, I think Raven actually started singing the uh, the uh, second part on Prove You Wrong. And we used to do a dub version, not a dub, like a, this weird remix version of that song. Like that, because it was on after Prove You Wrong, um, like the label sort of realized, that's another thing that the label felt they did not do a good job on promoting the record. And they wanted to do one of the first metal remix records. And, ah. We hang out with the records called Whose Fist Is This Anyway? And yes. There's a remix oh. of Prove You Wrong on that. Mm-hmm. But Jim Thurwell um, of Scraping Fetus fame. Yeah, Gigi oh. Thurwell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, this one? a remix. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So there's a there's a remix. And Raven did the remix of Irrelevant Thoughts on that. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. So that's how we became friends with Raven. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Because... I reached out to him to do a remix, and um, then he was like, "I want to be in the band, man." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Big rock star, killing joke." Yeah. 
That's funny. And he was he was there through Rude Awakening. That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. So in the beginning of Hell, if I could. Is that is that maracas I hear? Or is that an egg shaker or something going on? Yeah, it's <laughs> like Ted, another one. Like, oh, I'm going to have these elders. Frankie LaRocco, the Ariane Art guy, was talking about, oh, man, you got to use these eggs because he was a drummer. Yeah, so, like, that was his yeah, big uh, contribution to the actual <laughs> recording of the record. A&R guy, let him have his thing with his damn eggs. <laughs> there it is. That's a, another Troy Gregory song. Yeah. yeah, he sings the lead on that. Yeah, yeah. Was he the? Did he write that song too, or was that like a? No, we wrote it together. I mean, that okay. Um, the lyric was his. Gotcha. That whole riff. I think the mu the music is mine. Lyric and vocal was his on that. It's kind of voivodish sounding in a way. That it's yeah. sounding like that, but it, it's really uh, it comes off. It's. It's very killing joke. Yeah. And then um, we slash, there's a band called Chrome that we, we did its cover of Third from the Sun from them. And um, the chorus is reminiscent of one of their songs a little bit. But okay. uh, gotcha. it's uh, that, that song is an interesting uh, groove. And it's, it, Oh, yeah. It doesn't bother me that much, that song. Yeah, it's got a really cool groove. <laughs> yeah, high praise. <laughs> there's some songs on that record that, that <laughs> definitely bother me. Well, but, I was uh, curious. You, you said there's a couple of throwaways. What, what, what would be the throwaways, in your opinion? I'm like torn between. That, I mean, that Frankie Larocco, I mean, and I, I thought that was like the was good. It's just, it could have been good. It just yeah. needed a little love, like, you know, like what producers should be doing. See, I hate bashing on it. Like, a producer should be like, you know, I get rid of this part. Uh, you know, could you guys write a new part for that so part? Like right now, just fucking was just like, all right, it's it's a you know, this one's kind of a dud. We'll just record it and you know, throw it on the record attitude. And it's oh, just like, geez. you know, come on, man. <laughs> wow. You know, it's it's. I get it. He didn't do any pre-production with us, which is another thing. Like you know, it's like I ain't, I'm not going coming down a week early. I'm not getting paid and. You know, I'm coming off another record. I'm coming right into another one, and I don't need to listen to the songs and need uh. to do anything like that. It's like, no, some songs need love from a producer. Need like you go, you know what? That line sucks. Write a different one. You know, no, you're not using that guitar on this song. You know, shit like that. That just did not go down on this record. Mm. So I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that you need. You know, and like right. that song didn't have the love. You know, uh, torn between, and then uh, no way to deny it is another one. It just goes on too freaking long. Now, like the, like it's just here we go with another verse kind of vibe. You know, it's like, yes, we heard it, and what he could have just went. You know what? It's four minutes. Just just make this one three minutes. Just get rid of that verse out. You know, we'll yeah. cut it out on the tape later or some shit. Right. It's like I mean, it's just obvious. It's like you know that we would. And I don't know where would we do. Maybe we're just drinking too much beer, and we just like we <laughs> probably regardless. Want to get the fuck out of there? <laughs> yeah, right. out of there. And it's like one of those vibes, you know. Yeah. Ran out of money. Like, is there a uh, any story behind your your vocals on Brainwave? 
Yeah, he's an HR. It's supposed to be HR from the bad brain. I figured. figured. Yeah, that was that whole song. I mean, and I, I freaking love that song. Uh, People were just like, huh? Like, what is this? Like, it's a total tribute to the bad brain. Well, I thought I thought it was a bad bad brains cover when I first heard. I I was like, is this a bad brain song that I've not heard before? What is this? Yeah. For it's, sure. It's definitely one of the best songs on the record. Like Dotson hated it, didn't understand, didn't like the bad brains, didn't know anything about them, <laughs> didn't care less. That's why you it's like who it. the fuck are they? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, yeah. he was one of those guys that thought anthrax invented hardcore, you know. Oh, no. wow. <laughs> oh. So anyway, um the they bad brains I have pretty much invented hardcore. So it was a tribute to them. And um, yeah, I mean, like I fucking listen that like the guitar parts and everything on that is just badass. I mean, I went a little too far on the HR impersonation, <laughs> and um, we played it live. We used to play it live, and it it didn't really kick ass that much. So we mm-hmm. it never really got into the rotation. You know, band Power Trip uh, did a cover of it, and they fucking just did a great job on it and destroyed it. So. Awesome. Uh, check their version out on that one. That's good Killer. band. Yeah. Get a grip. It was like that. That didn't come out as good as I like it to. That was a Stranglers cover. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, they, that was a little label thing. I was like, maybe you guys should do a cover. And, oh. you know, I was like, well, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, and um, Ted and I being Stranglers fans were like, well, let's do a Stranglers cover. And people were just like, who the fuck are they? <laughs> so it was just a waste of a song. Yeah. We should have, we never really made great decisions on those things. Like who we thought was popular, the rest of the, you know, populace uh, never even heard of, you know, it's like, it's weird that way. We just never on top of, you know, things, you know? Well, speaking of that song, cause I was, I listened to the original, like uh, just to kind of get a sense. And I mean, Holy shit, the keyboards on that are just fucking all <laughs> over the place. And then the saxophone comes in. <laughs> what was it that possessed you guys to try and convert, you know, that one? I mean, it's a cool tune, but I, I would have, uh, you know. I'm with you, Keith. That's like, I, I don't know why we did a lot of things that we did back then. It's like the, and that being one of them is like, we thought we were smart yeah. and we were just dumbasses. And it's like, that's, <laughs> really what it was i'm serious like we always thought we had this pompous artist <laughs> attitude like you know we're we like the stranglers and einstein and neubaut and and you know well you weren't the only ones i mean metallica were doing covers in their early days of bands that people didn't know about like yeah. you know the new wave of Bridget, That's true, but they were already big and they were slamming it and they were you know it was metallica come on yeah. like, <laughs> well okay i'll make you feel better when we were a band we did the same thing we were covering nail bomb songs because no one knew what the fuck they were yeah i want spotify is just like if you like the other because you go in prong goes yeah you might like this band yeah, nail bombs number one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. For I mean, they're the logarithmic thing. It's like nail bomb is number one. Ah, well, we did cover nail bomb and prong songs. So yeah, we did. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, as far as wow. as far as my guitar playing goes, I have to thank you, Tommy, too, because the harmonics were like I kind of emulated those as much as I could. Because you know, between you and Dime and and like um, I'm trying to think who else. John Christ. Oh, John, John Christ. And John Christ. Christ, Zach. 
Zach, Zach of course, yeah. but yeah, but this well, is. Well, I mean, not, what I got from Billy like, Gibbons so. is what I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Tush, the the solos and Tush, like the. Yeah, like this. I said, I didn't play guitar as a kid. Like I, I would form, I would pick it up and like be like, huh? And like when we formed the band, I was playing bass, and we just decided that I play guitar. So, yeah. Between Primitive Origins and those records, you know, like I just. I guess I was just doing tons of coke and just sucking <laughs> at night, like figuring out how to play guitar or something. I don't know. I really don't remember how it happened. <laughs> you got high one night, woke up the next morning, you had a guitar in your hand and no idea where it <laughs> came from. And what was that? <laughs> but you know, that prove you wrong comes from the word prom, right? Like you take out PR, middle O, and G, and it's sort of like, you oh, combine prove yeah. you wrong into prom. That's cool. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I never knew that. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that interesting? It's sort of like the Angel <laughs> album cover. Angel logo goes, you could go upside down or upside, <laughs> right? You know that logo? Huh. I know the angel. I know the Dio one. I know no, the, the Dio one. It spells devil. Dio, you, you can do that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you turn the Dio so logo sure upside down, it, it spells devil. Yeah, there must be a name for it. And none of us are smart enough to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Nat, you don't know Angel, Mm-mm. the group? No. Sorry. They no. were like uh, the the white answer to Kiss. Like there was Kiss and there was oh. Angel. Oh, wow. And then like they, you know, in Spinal Tap, they stole the whole, when Angel came out in these pods. Oh. <laughs> and they, they had these huge <laughs> hairs. So the guy, actually, this guy, Mickey Jones, the bass player, his big hair got stuck in the pod. <laughs> and, All right, I'm seeing it now. Supposedly it was a <laughs> oh wig God. and he came out and nice. the pod was it's still in the, in the wig. And yeah, then Funky the Meadows was a guitar player who Zappa like made tons of fun of in some records. So you got to look up Angel Man. <laughs> I'm looking at their album covers and yeah, I don't know if it's going to be something we're going to enjoy. <laughs> The Does it hold up? Went on to have a big success with a hair band called Jafria. So. Oh, Jafria, yeah. yeah. Keyboard yeah. player and angel. Anyway, I didn't know. but uh, their logo goes upside down and backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost. No, I mean, but overall, I did. I we had like this little like fan club thing called Prongsters, and on uh, Facebook, and um, I started. Some guy put up the cover. Ironically, I mean, this is synchronicity in the world. They put up a cover. Oh man, this is because they re- somebody re-released the record on black marble vinyl recently. Oh. I mean, all those re- records that keep coming out that Epic had out of being re-released, and they don't seem to die. And that that one came just came out, and he was like, "Oh, it's my all-time favorite record." So this discussion on this record has been going on for, ironically, for a couple of weeks. So huh. oh, well, well oiled yeah. on the, the subject. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I know. <laughs> had there any? Has I know you spoke about um, possibly doing something. I know probably won't happen with Ted and Troy, but like, would there be if you could without COVID? Would you do like a thirtieth reunion or not reunion, but like a thirtieth anniversary tour to play this album front to back, anything like that? Uh, I would like to do it with those guys, but I don't know what the everyone's old, and I don't know <laughs> yeah. what everyone's health is like. You yeah. know, uh, and people have been out of the game. You know, it's like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I guess since you're not really a huge fan of a lot of these songs, you probably wouldn't want to play them live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yeah, the no, no, yeah. Another song I really like on that that for some reason no one else liked was Pointless. On oh, that, that song is awesome. 
I yeah, know. Oh, I mean, it, the end of that song is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's fucking heavy. And I'm like, why don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's all like, oh. It's like, I don't get it, man. It's like, I thought that was a fucking killer track, you know? The breakdown. Here, I'll play the breakdown. Yeah. It's what, awesome. 150-ish. This part? Oh, yeah. 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 It's awesome. This is Swan's influence. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They started just getting into these things where it's just like not like notes, just not solos, but just like these. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna fast forward to the end here. Because you got the this part. Hi hat. Heads. Love that. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> That's that's just badass. Period. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like Godflesh meets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. that that bass guitar sound, and then you think of that, and then you go like to snap your finger, snap your neck. It's just like the complete opposite in the bass. Yeah, it's so I, it's, fuzzy on this album. It's. <laughs> I, I do not understand. And there was this. I remember the discussions on these things in the studio. And I was just like, maybe I don't, you know, I'm arguing with the guy that engineered sin after sin, you know, and, you know, right. like, how can I do that? You right, know? Right, right. It's like, you know, he's worked on priest records and I'm like, mm, okay. I just, he must know what he's talking about. Right, yeah. 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 Now when it comes to your band, that's really anybody who knows, you know, don't let anybody tell you what you're supposed to sound like, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Was that was the great other... thing about Terry was like, you know, he looked to me as the guidance and he made it happen. And then if something was really horrible, he'd say, that lyric is just, yeah. I'd be, okay, I'll write something different. <laughs> right. Big deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Terry Date has kind of, I mean, Probably the best metal producer's got to be right. Like I his, think, I his think so. Collection of albums that There's he's produced. There's so many guys now that are great. Like I mean, that in recent years. I mean, I don't. I'm not up on the deal, you know. Yeah, well, I'm just talking about like. Ones either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know he produced the most recent Deftones album too. Terry yeah. Date did. And that's really. Oh, good. did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah. So he's still in the game. They he's brought him album. back. Okay. Yeah. 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 It sounds great. And it's so strange. You can tell it's him. It sounds like Deftones, but it also sounds like a Terry Date album. And I don't know how he does that. It's so weird. I'm like, yep. how do you yep. pull that off? It's crazy. It's the kind of stuff that you'd like for instance, Knowing like, what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like what he uses, you know, like it's, it's a, like you could tell it's, you know, Richie Blackmore playing, you know, like yeah. Telecast. I mean, Stratocaster and right. his Tate Machine and Marshalls, you know. And, is that what it is? Like, I mean, you, he just says, I use this equipment like this board this 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 and this and this is kind of probably probably yeah i mean it's like the same stuff that he uses i don't know what he's doing now i mean maybe but i don't even know if anybody goes into the studio anymore i mean they the deftones are having tons of money they probably do go into a regular recording studio yeah it's like uh i don't know uh who knows you have to have yeah you have to have some kind of dough to do that these days yeah, yeah. considering yeah i mean like you know you sell fifty thousand records you're like Jesus, like it's a big deal. It's, <laughs> it's, all, uh, it's crazy. You know, like the bit prong selling, 
you know, like 75,000 proof you long records, they're ready to drop you back then. Right. You know? That's crazy. So, yeah. It's so weird. Well, you're not getting money for Spotify. You know that. <laughs> Rock records used to sell a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you made your living, right? Yeah. <laughs> Touring and that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, real quick, we're at an hour. I want to make sure you're still cool to keep going for a little bit. Yeah. Let me see if my wife, Megan, <laughs> you, want to, you want to come in for a second? Do I need, do you need me? I have a new son. I have a little yeah. baby. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Come in. Uh, I, I saw the crib next to you, and I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Tommy Jr. See, oh, very cute. Uh, got a front shirt, uh, see? Nice, very cute. Nice. Is this your first podcast, Tommy Jr.? <laughs> first podcast. Nice, nice. Yes, we can claim that. We'll have him back on in three or four years. <laughs> yeah, right. He'll we'll have him back on in thirty years. We'll celebrate in. the release of this podcast in thirty years, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Remember when you were a baby? And, no. <laughs> they both Tommy Victors are here. See, so there you go. <laughs> Sorry, guys, name. I mean, we could wrap it up, and then you know, say, okay, right? yeah, that's cool. cool. Would ask any. I'm, I'm not in any rush, but any other questions you guys have? What do you want to I had, I had I a question. I had a question about some of the more uh, recent stuff. You did a cover of Cortez the Killer, right? Oh uh, yeah. And then there's a song called "Do Nothing." Was that song because you had done the Cortez the Killer song? Like, was that like, hey, I can do this. So I kind of take this kind of vibe yeah. and apply it to this. It's kind of like, it's not a ballad, but it's got that sort of more, I don't know, it pronged yeah, the ballad, I totally I forgot about that, that that's true. Is um, because I was we worked with this guy, Chris Collier, this kid who's an absolute genius. And he, uh, uh, we did the vocals for Cortez the Killer. Like, I haven't really, I, you know, like, my vocals have always been something weird. Like, I've always been insecure about it. And, um, you know, like, doing a Neil Young cover, you can't sound like Neil Young. No. But... So I was like, I sort of tried to have, like, I almost sounded like a country and Western singer or something <laughs> on the cover of that. <laughs> I, I like, liked it. Man, I'm really digging this, like, this just really singing thing. And then when we went in to do the the No Absolutes record shortly after that, I was like, you know, I'm going to use that voice again. And, um, you know, a friend of mine, Erie Locke, he uh, actually came up with the with the music to that, the keyboards, and I came up with the vocal. So I said, like, why not, you know? But, you know, as usual, people are like, huh? I, oh, I love it. that song. <laughs> I love that song. No, I loved it. I thought it was yeah, that's great. A great song. Yeah, I liked it too. I mean, you know, I thought it, I was very happy with that No Absolutes record. Anyway, oh, yeah. I think everything the, from 2012 forward, everything at last. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But that, that Cortez the Killer thing, I mean, I was so psyched about that. I mean, Jason Christopher came up with the idea, let's do that. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Well, how am I going to, you know, you do a Neil Young guitar part and vocal? It's like, you're going to do it. And he was like, I trust you. And I just, we did that on the road, that record. Okay. And I was like in a hotel room. And like, how am I going to, like, like, I don't even, I had a guitar, like, without an amp. Just, I'm like, figuring out that whole guitar intro. And then uh, we went home and did the vocal, like, uh, after we cut the cut it. We did that whole record in a day, that whole covers record. Oh, my so, God. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, I was really happy about that. That's why I went in and you know did it. Now I'm like, 
you know what? I don't even want to sing anymore. I just want to like scream again. You know. <laughs> if you sang again, I wouldn't mind because I thought it, I thought it was really good. Oh, thank you. I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool to hear that kind of that side of your vocal style. It's really well, cool. The thing that came and developed. I mean, Steve Evans helped me with that. Like when we started doing Carved into Stone, he was like he, he vocal trained me for a while. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. You know, this is the kind of stuff that like, you know, producers do, you know, like they go out, they step outside their boundaries and try to help you out. And like he, you know, with Steve, I became like a better musician, singer, everything after working with him. He like, he helped me, you know, like, you know, it's like, it was really yeah, a great should, experience yeah. working with him. Their name's on the album too. So you'd think they would want to. Yeah, you know, some of these guys get pot. Like, look at look at Ruben. I heard he did went back for a while. I don't know what he does now. Like, you know, Glenn was always saying, you know, he didn't even show up. He was like, he came in and like told the guys. <laughs> That's what Metallica said. Ruben too, like yeah. twice during the recordings of, you know, like Lucifuge and. Shit, we talked you know? to so, um, Craig LaCicero. We've had him on the show from from the band Forbidden, and um, he he was in another band, Man Made God. I think was the name of that yeah, band. That's right. And, and Ruben produced that album. He said the same thing. He's like, yeah. He came in one day and said like two things and left, and then we never saw him again. <laughs> was like, what that the was hell? a big thing. See, that was the thing of you know in the big time rock and roll of the age. Like I don't need to do anything. I just like everything's a mail in. I put my name on it and it's fine. You know those days are over. Obviously, you know. Yeah. They well, I know of, his like his protege or whatever, Greg Greg Fiddleman. That's his name, right, Tim? Yeah, Greg right. Fiddleman. Yeah. Yeah, he did the he did the last two Metallica albums. I, I think they sound great. But yeah, they do sound really good. He's a good producer. Yeah. So he, I guess he just like taught that guy everything he knows and was like all right go at it go have <laughs> right. at it do whatever so yeah well what are you working on now i mean i, I it's been nothing what, almost... I'm, I'm sort of staying <laughs> you, he's holding now. what he's working on <laughs> yeah it's like my wife works and she's uh doing it now and right now we're uh it's just nothing going on anyhow it's perfect timing because the covid situation yeah. so yeah. yeah just hoping for a new prong another prong record but... well i think yeah we could do something different like the next time around, um, so I, I just uh, basically what, what, I, what I would do right now, if you talk to me, is uh, if you if I had to answer you on that, because uh, like I said, I was reading up on the old Sabbath records and how they did that. I mean, I think like the first Sabbath record is just it's it's just mind boggling how great that record is. Mm -hmm. We just talked about that one recently. Yeah, we did. <laughs> really? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, it's sounds, 50 year anniversary. It's crazy. Yeah. Sounds unbelievable. The energy and just everything is great about that record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the and first like, two. Are they amazing. just went in and did it. It's like it'd be good day. to do. Like I said, like you know what? We're gonna jam for a couple of weeks, and then just go in and and do a record. And if it's Pearl Jam has done that and it came out good, to, and whatever it is, it's that's what it is. Yeah. Something like that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Kind of like. You know, it's all these songs you you now with digital technology, you know, you have your protest. It's like you take it home and then you make changes to it yeah. and then you, you re-examine it. And it's like, oh, what do you guys think of this? And then, you know, it's like you're working on it in the computer for two months, three months. And then, you know, it, yes, that's true. <laughs> and then you agree. The that's what I was stale. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's about it, really. Yeah. Well, we do this little silly thing on our podcast where we grade albums, where we mm -hmm. give a, an A through F grade to, to the albums. Um, each of us give our own grade. So uh, we're going to do that with Preview Wrong now. Um, <laughs> I can start. 
I'm Straight so, up, I'm, I'm going to give about doing this now. Well, no, I'm going to give it an A. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate yeah. what you're saying, Tommy, but I still love the album, so I'm giving it an A. Me um, too. A. It's an A because I love the uh, album, and then I don't care if it sounds weird. I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm going to echo that as well. I mean, I'm not the biggest prong fan in the world. Sorry, but uh, this, this, I, I, I find it so amusing to hear you actually criticize it because I just, you know, the, the, the staccato use, the, the, just the groove of these things, just the, the obvious hardcore influences. It just makes this, this album is just so freaking brutal. And I love that. So, I, I, uh, Keith, I think maybe of all the bands that we talk about that you never really got into, I, I'm shocked that Prong is not one yeah, of the bands. It, absolutely. Like right up but, your alley. The only, so yeah, that was the one thing. I was like, you know, when, um, you know, back in the day when it came to buying a record, you know, it, you may have wanted to go in and, and buy, you know, prove you wrong, but you never knew when you walked in the store if they were going to have that. So it was always kind of a little bit of an experience like as to what you were going to end up buying. You knew you were walking in to buy something, but you had no idea what it was going to be. And I used to keep um, business cards like in my in my wallet, you know, and I'd write down names of bands that I'd have. And Prong was like written on top of one of them. It was like, number one, if I if they freaking had any of your stuff in the, you know, Kent Mill, we all know what Kent Mill I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I would have walked home with it, but unfortunately, it just never happened. So uh, I never owned well, now, now you're getting to learn. Now, yes. Well, that's I mean, why I, we're here. I, that was you. one thing. Like, you know, Joe, you mentioned, I, I know for a fact, I've heard, you know, I heard probably all your stuff from your Walkman, Joe, like in high school. Like, you know, we'd, you know, trade off albums well, you know, in between classes. Yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting story. Because, I mean, like Steve Martin, who was a guitar player in AF, and like, you know, I I, I know the guys in the Gothic for, for, for mm-hmm. a long time. And he he became a publicist. And then he came down to the listening party for Prove You Wrong. And he loved that record in the listening party because he says it wasn't completely metal, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's why guys like you more like, like Prove You Wrong is like, uh, people say it's their favorite record. The people that aren't really like, you know, strict metal has maybe the fact that it isn't that brutally in my ears heavy is for an advantage on the point of like, you know, having a broader fan base for that record. So that's fine. You know, it's like, uh, at that time we were questioning thrash metal. Like we didn't want to go the route of death and possessed and, right. you know, those bands and, you know, then forbidden you were mentioning and Testament. We, we said, we, we can't compete with those bands. We got to do something else, you know? Right. And that's how, break the dip for prove you wrong and then obviously cleansing is in a completely different thing it's like so you know, we're always album. trying to like yeah. the only way we could survive was doing something that was able to you know, just make us look make us uh, somehow different and mm-hmm. we were different anyhow we really didn't fit in i mean we weren't really metal guys anyhow really you know so uh it just worked out you know the way it is and uh that's a good story though that's what I always loved about the band, though, is and I took influence from that myself as a like a young guitar player. Like these guys aren't like they're not flashy. It's just fucking good riffs, riffs and good yeah. songs, good catchy chorus. It's it's that's what I like, and that's what I want. You know, if we can yeah. do that in our band, let's let's well, do it. So I guess we didn't mention Eric and Tim and I were in uh, a band in high school as a three yeah. piece, and uh, what prong, um, clutch and maybe a little Caius were like, that was like 
basically what we copied. Yeah, wow, sure. that's amazing. So, <laughs> but yeah. the fact yeah. you guys were we had their shit, man. That was yeah. a, I mean, they just exploded and they changed a lot of people's heads around. Turned to like clutch, obviously. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, it yeah. makes you think of a clutch. They didn't want because I used to do sound at CBGB. I was a sound guy, right. and I used to do the audition nights too. So okay. people, bands did not know that I was the guy. One it was between me and the doorman, deciding who would pass. Oh wow! So <laughs> like, if you were an asshole to me, like I'd be like, they sucked, even if they were great. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, but Clutch, they had they had to come up and do an audition night. And that was the first time I heard them. And I was like, these guys are unbelievable. And I was like, that's how we made for them. They go, oh, we're big prom fans. I was like, I know you guys. What? Really? So it was oh, nice. amazing that my first experience with them was Helmet, too. It was another thing they had to do a, when they had long hair. They they did a, <laughs> a, an audition night. And they did not sound like they did, you know, eventually, too. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. From your days at, at CB's, you know, actually – manning the uh the, the sound booth whatever you want to call it uh but considering you have some experience kind of mixing i guess did you ever try and you know during uh recording sessions you know as much as you know producers might have done what they're supposed to do in other cases did you ever you know try your hand at, at no 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 like uh uh Again, you know stepping on the toes of a mark Dotson you know like that <laughs> this guy again that you know, uh, I think he was in on who sessions and, you know, uh, like I say, he worked for, I mean, he, his resume was unbelievable. Like he was, you know, I mean, but yeah, well, actually I beg to differ. I, the whole gated snare thing was my suggestion that gated reverb, because I always did that on the mosh parts at CBGB's like with the rest of the bands, like rest in pieces had these, these like hip hop style, like hard parts. And I always would put this gated reverb in on there. So that's how I suggested that to him on that. And he liked that idea. Why we, the piccolo snare came in <laughs> later and, you know, we're trying to be like 311 or something. How that happened. But um, I didn't really know my way around an SSL board. We had like this, this old sound craft at CBs. That's the only thing I knew. And this basic EQ on there, like, you know, and, Getting behind doing anything on an SSL, which was the standard board in a studio back then, I wouldn't know what the fuck I was doing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, if you're going to give this album a grade, what are you going to give it, Tommy? Who, <laughs> me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Wait, I didn't get uh, to that. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'll be generous. I'll give it, I, I'll give it, I'll give it a, a, a B. Okay. Well, okay. All right. That's good. Sorry. He's done a couple of good songs on there. I was I was prepared to come in with an A, but I've been talked down by Tommy. So a minus for me. <laughs> I realize this now. That's cool. <laughs> well, do you have anything before we let you go? Anything you, you're promoting? Anything that you want to mention? Um, you know, any website? Anything like that? Yeah, we got prongmusic.com, and uh, we have shirts up there. Okay. And uh, then. Um, just play us on Spotify as much as possible. That's, <laughs> We've been doing that last two weeks for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get those numbers up. I want to get, I'm trying to break 200,000 a month. You know, it's like, it's yeah. always hovering below there. It's, like, it's <laughs> just the weirdest thing in the world. It's like, 
It's mostly snap your finger, snap your neck plays, you know? <laughs> yeah. That has it ten, was, it's ten, pretty ten, astounding the difference between that song and like the next most played one. I was pretty surprised. Exactly. It's like there's like 10 million and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Come on. There's other. Listen to that entire album. That Cleansing is amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I track my uh, listens on last.fm. It's a psycho last.fm. And it tracks all your stats of, on Spotify. And I think in 2017, Prong was my number one. Most oh my god! <laughs> if you can believe that, but I can't. I actually, it's you know, I forget about the records. Like we were talking about, like there's been recent records. You know, if anybody hasn't known that, I mean, oh yeah, we, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm getting trouble for saying things about you know our recent label. Uh, you know, uh, you know they did the best they could, but like you know that we've put out records and. People do not know they exist, and we continually. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're, you're in the you're in the scene. Yeah, you know? I, know, I, know, I know. Like these other people, like you guys came out with records, man. Like when? <laughs> like I know. Last thing I got was that you know was was Rude Awakening. You know, so oh my god, you know, there's been tons of records after that. They're really good. Records. They're actually pretty good. They're really oh, good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're damn Harvin good. Harvest Stone, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Zero Days, the most recent one. I love that album too. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I like. Scorpio Go check those Rising. out. Nobody you know? else does. Are you still? Yeah, Scorpio Rising. Are you still like that album, Joe? No, <laughs> yes, that's I do. I still do. I don't. You're not going to talk me out of that one. I still like it. Don't people well, like it? My wife loves it. Loves it. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this has been great. I love you guys. Thank you so much uh, you. for recognizing yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the no record honor. and. Uh, I think the concept is fantastic. I may steal your concept to do a podcast one day. Just well, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're always welcome to come back on ours. Absolutely. So. Anytime. Open Anytime. door. Anytime. Trust me. Yeah. If you ever talk about it, uh, if you want to guest, guest discuss, like uh, any Sabbath record, I will. We're doing. Your, uh, oh, we got what Master of Reality. We got Master of Reality is coming up. Yeah. We're going to do that this year for sure. So. Well, if you need a guest appearance, I mean, I'll say a couple words on that one. That one I've been listening to a lot recently. We'd love to have you, man. That'd yeah. be awesome. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We will schedule uh, when we do that around your schedule as much as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Sabbath, Purple, Zeppelin, Tall. Those are my, that's that's what I'm talking, those are my bands as a kid. Cool. Nice. So, well, thank well, you, man. We really we appreciate you guys. In touch then, man. Yeah. Stay safe. All right. All right. You yeah, too, man. Thanks. Thank, thank, you. thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you hit easy. me back anytime. All right. You guys cool. know how awesome. to get hold of me. All right. Okay. We'll do. Thanks, we'll you guys. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Heavy metal speaks to the anger and despair of teenagers today the same way that the blues used to speak to the despair and anger on the south. Cutting out. Cutting it out big time. Some country coding, this.